Hello and welcome back to the Reality Bible Podcast. This is episode 8 and it's a good week to be talking about mental health based on some of the things that have been going on this week. We saw Meghan Markle speak up very publicly and bravely to talk about her mental health and the life that she was living. And I think that it was an important dialogue for a lot of reasons. One, because it shows that everybody, no matter what your life looks like or what you seem to have put together in your life, you you can struggle with your mental health. You can be very powerful, you can be rich, you can be famous, and you can still struggle with mental health because it's something that everybody experiences. It's part of part of life is mental health. Going through tough times, going through easy times, being able to count on others for support, feeling like you're by yourself, all of these things can happen to you no matter what your status is or how much money you have. So watching Meghan Markle talk about some of the things that she had been through and been feeling was really significant to me because that's something that I try to voice is that no matter who you are, you can be struggling with that and that's okay. And we should be able to talk about it openly without reprisal and judgment and ostracization. So I didn't watch the entire interview. I, I couldn't find the entire one, but I saw several clips and I took away some things that I thought were very important from the things that I did see. And it really made me grateful that I have the Reality Bible because this is a platform that the entire goal is to create a space that is welcoming and supportive and helpful for people who are struggling with mental health, who feel safe to talk about it, to open up. I mean, that's that's what I needed when I was struggling, is somewhere that I could speak openly and and be supported. I didn't care about what people thought. I just, I wanted a community around me. That's the entire purpose of my show, the the platform that I'm working to create, all of the things that I have in the works. It's all geared towards helping people have the safety and the support that you need from a community. So watching Meghan Markle and Prince Harry talk to Oprah actually took away several things for me and I'm going to I'm going to share some of those. First of all, there's no reason why somebody should ever feel unwelcome to share about struggles that they're going through. And I think that, you know, there's definitely important things to consider. Uh, for example, trigger warnings and things that are upsetting for some people. For example, on this episode, you'll see a trigger warning for a couple of mentions of difficult things that can be very hard for people to hear off the cuff. And I've had experiences with that in my own life, um, you know, where I've been on the receiving end, the, the uh, instigating end of kind of a trigger warning situation. So while it's important to be considerate, there's also a moment where you need to be considerate to the people who are sharing with you. You can feel upset, but also offer compassion and support uh, without, you know, making a a big scene about it and and deciding that you now are suffering more 
Um, there's never a contest. It's not about who's worse off. So I think that that's something that, in general, society can learn to change the reaction where you don't have to have a contest of who is worse off, who's suffering more. You don't have to have that. We can all be struggling and all be able to share without, you know, being in competition with each other. I think that that's bullshit. And I don't think it's a healthy environment to to have for people who are struggling with any mental health issues, mental illness. It, being in a competitive society is just not healthy in any way. So watching Meghan Markle speak openly uh, was an important step, I think, in, in moving society towards a place where people are more comfortable talking about mental health and, and accepting people talking about mental health. Something that she said really resonated with me was everyone talks about how it looks, but no one really talks about how it feels. And she was talking about how she expressed desire to get help when she was feeling extremely depressed. She was having suicidal thoughts and just not wanting to live. And she told, you know, the, the institution, whoever was in power, she said, I need help. And they told her no, she couldn't get it because it would look bad. And hearing that, hearing her say that was shocking. And, and it made me deeply, deeply sad for her that she had to go through that. And she, she later mentioned that people are afraid to voice that they need help. And, and she had to go through the struggle of voicing it and then be told, no, you can't have help. I can't imagine what that's like. I was fortunate enough to speak up and, and being in the military, I was provided with health care. That's a blessing that not a lot of people can just count on. There are people who can't afford therapy. There are people that can't afford to go and just have help on retainer. And that's something that I never had to you know, worry about. So I'm very grateful for that. But I mean, to, to be told, no, you can't have help. I can't imagine the pain that that a person who who has been through that could feel. And I think about children who voice their concerns to their parents, you know, hey, I don't feel great. I'm feeling off. I'm feeling sad. And maybe their parents just don't accept it and don't, you know, take into consideration. Maybe I should get my child help. Or you voice your concerns to your significant other or to a friend and and you're dismissed. And your concerns are treated as if they're not that important. Which is something that I also... It, it kind of made me think about a reaction that Oprah shared to Prince Harry speaking about how she she asked him if, you know, if it weren't for Meghan, would you have stepped out of royalty? And he said no, because he couldn't without Meghan. He didn't have the reason. He was trapped. And the the royal family and that whole network of stuff is very deep, and I don't truly understand how deep it goes. I don't know if anybody does, but he mentioned that he was trapped. And I don't, I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion. I, you know, I'm not a huge follower of Oprah and I think she's an amazing woman, but her reaction actually was kind of, it just didn't sit right with me. And I think that that's actually part of the issue with people wanting to not share. Because 
Harry voiced this and Oprah's reaction was kind of like, okay, well, you are literally a prince. You are rich. You grew up in a castle. You have a life full of privilege. How could you, Prince Harry, feel trapped? And that reaction was kind of, it, it took me back. And I was like, can, can you imagine, and it's rhetorical that I'm asking this because I can't imagine, how it feels to try and voice something that troubling for you and have it trivialized and dismissed and minimized. Having the person that you've come to basically say, you know, well, you have all these reasons not to feel that way. Why did you feel that way? As if you need to validate your feeling and you need to source it from somewhere. And going back to my episode last week, you don't need a validation for your feelings. There isn't, there doesn't have to be a reason you're feeling something. Your body is feeling a way you have an emotion that's enough. You don't need to explain that to somebody. You don't owe anybody an explanation for the way you're feeling. Let alone if you're struggling with depression or anxiety, you do not owe somebody an explanation because a lot of times there isn't one. And I struggled with that for a long time, feeling depressed, but not really having a reason. I had a great life. My family was all in one piece and I grew up in a comfortable household with, you know, I, I had a perfectly good life. Why did I feel, why did I start feeling depression? I don't have a catalyst reason and that's okay. But it's a lot easier to explain that you're struggling with mental health after a significant event, after a sexual assault, a loss in your family, something that is going on in your life that instigated some kind of emotional response. But without that, and then it's not, then it doesn't matter. It's not valid. I don't know. That just, that reaction from Oprah definitely made me think about this whole kind of, this reaction as a whole of society where a lot of people feel like you need a reason to be struggling. You know, oh, the rich and famous can't have mental health struggles. They could have everything they ever want. That's, that's not the point. You know, there's, there's no material list of things that will eliminate mental health struggles. And I think that's a disconnect we need to, we need to bridge because you, you hear this woman who has this very comfortable life now, at least that we see. And she voices all of these things that she's been feeling that are difficult for her. And and Harry as well. He voiced the way that he was feeling and was kind of trivialized. It's it's a it's a form of gaslighting, which I think that word is being thrown around a little bit in excess nowadays. However, it's still important to recognize because voicing something vulnerable in confidence to somebody and having it tri- trivialized is very painful. And I know because I've been there, I'm sure a lot of you listening who have gone through similar things have also struggled with. Uh, and that's that's a pain that I really don't wish on anybody. Um, and so I, I want to take a second and say that my heart really truly does go out to you if you're struggling with this, um, if you ever have struggled with this. And again, that's why I'm trying to create the space that I am because 
no, I don't have a degree. I'm not a psychologist, but I'm a normal person who has struggled and does struggle with mental health day in and day out. I have for years. And it's something that so many people struggle with. Almost everybody will at some point in their life. And you shouldn't ever feel like you have nowhere to turn. So if if this is something that you've experienced, I, I truly am sorry. And I hope that it's not something you continue to experience. So what I noticed was some people in response to Meghan Markle and her speaking up was the whole, you know, the, the ever old claim, oh, they're not really struggling. They're just attention seeking. And I, I get so frustrated by that response to this day that it honestly just kind of makes me in a weird way chuckle out of frustration because I wish that I could just wipe that thought from the face of the earth because it's, it's never about seeking attention. It's about seeking support. That's the only reason people do speak up. It's never for attention. Believe me, it feels even worse when you just have attention on you and nobody actually supports you. That's actually much more vulnerable and it's much less helpful than just speaking up and getting support from somebody. So the attention seeking, that's just, that's something that frustrates the ever loving shit out of me because... It's so vulnerable. As she said in her interview, the pain of having to speak up in the first place and then have people just dismiss you saying, oh, you just want attention. It's just endlessly frustrating to be in such a vulnerable spot and be completely and utterly dismissed without any regard for how you truly feel. Just, I don't understand. I don't understand the the logic behind that. However, there's something that I... think can help help get there a little bit. And um, I actually got it out of Burn Your Couch, um, March's book of the month. And if you've picked up a copy and you're reading, um, hopefully you'll recognize this little passage I'm going to read to you. Um, I, I read this and I think it can be taken in a couple of different contexts. And it's it's something that's relatable in many situations, which I actually love about a lot of Rick Alexander's philosophies and kind of theories is they're they're very relatable in so many ways. You can take what he says and you can apply it just about anywhere in your life. So there's a section and it's actually very early on in the book, page 15, and it's a little passage that's titled Escape the Hate. And I'm going to read this quick couple of pages to you. Note that if you are ready to start taking a little risk to escape the ordinary, people will hate what you are doing. This next passage is directly in relation to your relationship with them. If what you're trying to achieve is so grand that small-minded people have trouble accepting its possibility, they will inevitably hate you for it. This has absolutely nothing to do with them actually hating you. They hate the life that they have settled for or the dreams that they've allowed to die. What's more unfortunate is that there is nothing you can do to change their choices or their feelings towards you. Some people are wired this way. You can only change your reaction to the non-believers. My approach would be to have no reaction toward them at all. The quickest way to handle small-minded, bitter people is to stop acknowledging their existence. Dismiss them. The place you are headed is so far beyond their realm of comprehension that stopping to acknowledge their plights will do nothing but slow you down. 
A reason will always exist why what you are doing will not succeed. And believe me, every asshole out there will point that reason out for you. The hard truth is that the overwhelming majority of people choose to focus on those reasons and as a result, sentence themselves to a life of mediocrity. If you are looking for an emotion to feel, feel pity. Most of them will never feel the elation innate to odds-defying achievement. Every obstacle in the world can be circumnavigated with the right approach. And the further each task takes you out of your comfort zone, the more capable you become as a person. Even if you are not successful at an endeavor in the conventional sense, every attempt, if taken earnestly, provides the opportunity to come back again, both stronger and smarter, which is a concept the non-believers won't understand. So this passage really actually means a lot to me in terms of when you begin to pursue a change in your life. For me, it was to work through therapy, work through my trauma, work through PTSD, and make a lot of significant changes to the way I lead my life, the way I interact with people, people who I've known for years, my immediate family. There are changes that you make that people just won't understand because they're not in your shoes. Nobody will be able to fully understand what it is that you're going through, what you're feeling, why you're feeling it, and it is not your job to explain to them or to come to your own defense. You have nothing that you are obligated to defend. These people can, you know, decide that you are attention-seeking. They can try and, you know, speak badly against you and try to undermine your efforts to do better in your own life. Just don't let them. Move on. And it's hard, especially if you're working through something very difficult, feeling like you're being abandoned and kind of betrayed is very difficult, but... I promise that if you continue to work through it, the community that you need will still be there throughout the entire process and on the other side. It can be very difficult. That entire notion, trying to escape the hate, trying to move on from it. And it can be very painful when you have close people to you who decide to rain down on you and you know, try and criticize everything that you're doing, say they don't understand, try and guilt you for it, try to manipulate you into not following what your gut is telling you to do, what you have decided you want to do, not doing what's best for you. If they're trying to manipulate you out of that, that's something that you need to truly recognize, come to terms with, and move on from. If you have people in your immediate community that are not at your side gunning for you to go get yourself help, get yourself better, whatever it is you're working through, mental health, uh, something difficult at work, something difficult in your life, whatever it is, if you don't have, if the people around you in your community are more negative than they are positive, then that's not the right person in your community that's not helping you you should be able to count on people around you for support regardless of the way they feel if they're truly on your side and in your corner they'll put aside their own feelings for your benefit they'll help you so 
if this is something that you struggle with, if mental health is something that you struggle with and you don't quite know, you know, how it's going to be when you speak up, when you, when you get yourself help, things will change. I'll tell you that right now. I, I won't pretend they won't. Things will change for you in some way. Just stay committed to yourself and do your best to move on from the people that are trying to hold you back. Subconsciously or not, they may not be trying to, but they are. And I, I hope that that little passage from Rick Alexander's book might have hit home in some way for you. I, I really do think that this book is a great tool for kind of kickstarting whatever it is that you already know you want to do, but there's minutia kind of holding you back, talking you out of it. So if you haven't gotten your copy, you definitely should. Um, you can check the link in my Instagram bio, the Reality Bible Podcast, and follow the link for this month's book of the month, and it'll take you to Amazon where you can find his book. Um, remember that later this month, Rick Alexander is coming on the podcast with me, and I'm very excited for our interview. I think it's going to be a very cool conversation, and I'm really looking forward to talking with him. So make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen. Uh, so that you don't miss out when that episode drops. It's going to be uh, towards the end of March. It should be the last episode of the month. So make sure that you're following the Reality Bible Podcast to stay tuned. And as always, please never be afraid to reach out. Leave questions, comments, interact with me on Instagram. I love to hear from you guys. And quickly, I do want to mention, if you're still with me at the end, if you are someone you know is struggling in an immediate crisis, um, you can visit mentalhealth.gov to find resources that are most applicable to your situation. If you're in an immediate emergency, please call 911. And if you need to contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, the number is 1-800-273-TALK. So always make sure that if you or someone you know is struggling, you have resources available to you. Thank you guys again so much for tuning in, spending some time listening to me this week. I hope that you have a wonderful week and I will see you next Friday.